There is a strong probability that we are going to kick off today's episode with you hearing my chickens frantically laying in the background and my kids banging on the window of my barn studio, but that's okay. We're going to roll with it. That's life here on the farm. Welcome back to the Luminary Leadership Podcast, and today we're talking about something that I think is a differentiator in what propels entrepreneurs and their businesses forward and what can kind of keep them stuck in the muck and mire of just what comes with running a business, and that is creating a visionary company culture. So what do I mean by that? Why is it important and critical to you, and why are we talking about it today? Well, I have studied and watched successful entrepreneurs for years, and one of the common things that I've seen across the board in the ones who will say make it, the ones that really get it and it clicks, and other people want to follow along with them, and their teams want to invest in their mission and stay the course with them and go through the hard times with them because that's just the nature of entrepreneurship, is that they've created this culture that is future thinking instead of one that is reactionary and only dealing with what's right under their nose. So if you're dealing with turnover, you're not finding the right people on your team, or if you feel like there's just kind of this negative energy or this weird energy within your team, or you feel like you can't even have a team because you're not sure how to lead them, this episode is really going to focus directly on how you can be future focused as a business. And when I say company, you might be, it might be you and your spouse, right? It might be you and your two contractors. It might be you and a small team of five to 10. You know, that's okay. A culture starts with you alone. So if, even if you're just a solo entrepreneur at this point, my strong recommendation is listen to this episode. I wish I would have heard this stuff back when I was rolling solo because I could have set the stage and hopefully and probably avoided a lot of pitfalls and the mistakes I've made along the way if I had known how to create this visionary company culture. Okay, let's dive in. Hey, you're listening to the Luminary Leadership Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz. This is the space where we equip overwhelmed entrepreneurs to become the confident, visionary leader their business, team, family, legacy need to win. After working with countless entrepreneurs over the last decade plus, I've noticed this theme. No matter the level of success they achieved, and I've worked with some incredibly successful business owners, they get to this point where they're asking, now what? You know, what am I being called to next? What does next look like? How do I get there? If you're listening to this, you get it. You're craving more impact, and you want to feel less frantic and in the weeds of your day-to-day roles and instead lead with that vision and that peace and that intention and that clarity. You wanna wake up each morning with that clarity and vision and the time and the margin to do what you love in your business and in your life with your family. This show is where industry leaders come to grow into their next level of achievement and purpose and impact and legacy, success in business and true legacy at home. Get ready because we both know you don't just need another strategy. It is time for your breakthrough. What's the big deal about creating a visionary company culture? Like, what does this mean? What is it all about? Why is it relevant and important to you? 
Well, let's first kind of define what I mean by it. So when I say a visionary company culture, what I'm talking about, no matter where you are in business, how many people you have along with you for the ride, is creating this clear and compelling vision for the future of where you're going. And the reality is, is that most of us are operating in the here and now because it feels like it's out of necessity, right? We have to deal with the fires that are popping up all around us that we don't have the capacity or the time or the foresight to look ahead and say, where are we going as a business? And when you have this long-term vision, it serves as this bedrock for everything the company does. From the products that you create or the offers you create or the services you put out there into the world, to the way that you treat your team members and you interact with your customers and what the market can expect from you and how you set yourself apart. And the difference between a visionary company culture and one that just operates in the day-to-day is that the emphasis really lies in the future. Now, I know we all talk about as as busy entrepreneurs, like be present, be in the moment. And I'm not talking about not being in the moment, but you're in the moment You're in the moment with a concrete vision of where you're going, okay? There's a difference from being in the moment and being reactive and being in the moment and being proactive and having that vision into the future so that the decisions you make, the things you do, the hires you make, the way you treat people all aligns with that destination you're focused on. And in a visionary company culture, the company is always looking ahead. Even if that company is made up of you, just you, because when you're looking forward, you can anticipate changes in your industry. You can anticipate struggles that you might face in your business. Even when you're launching something new, you can anticipate your own personal blocks that you might navigate over and over, right? Like the the ways we think. Maybe you find that you're in a pattern of when a challenge arises, that you start to spiral, right? You start thinking of all the worst case scenarios, you catastrophize, and it really slows your progress down. You can anticipate that and that self-awareness can help you make a pivot and a change so that when that challenge comes, you're aware that that might be your natural tendency, but you can fight against it and show up differently as a leader. And being a future thinker allows you to innovate and it allows you to grow. And that forward thinking mindset is really what sets visionary companies apart from the ones that are just going through the motions, doing the things, going launch to launch, client to client, and it allows you to create that longevity in your business. And that's what we want. I mean, I assume most of you aren't listening to this with the deep desires of being a flash in the pan, right? You come in and you're like, I just want one really good launch and then I hope it all fizzles and dies out. No, you're here because you want the opportunity to have staying power. And guess what? A lot of businesses don't have staying power. They don't last. They fail. They fall apart and they don't get back up because they never had their sights on where they were truly going. So I want you to shift in identity from being an entrepreneur in the grind doing the things. Yeah, that might be tactically what you're doing, but who you are in your heart and your mind is a visionary leader, okay? And you're running a visionary company and it's creating a culture that embodies that visionary way of thinking. And guess what happens when you do that? you start to develop this culture that magnetizes the right people, both in clientele and customers, 
but also in the people that are going to go on this mission with you. Because if you put a job description out there, let's just break this down for a sec. This is one of the biggest battles that a lot of my higher level entrepreneurs face because now they're leading teams. And it's like, oh, crap. I used to be an entrepreneur who could just get the work done and make it happen myself. And now I'm someone who has to lead these other people and convince them to want to do the work to get this thing done. Imagine if you put out a job description and you say, here are your tasks. These are the things that you'll have to do. Um, We are looking for someone who's capable of those things. Send us your resume showing you're capable of those things. Here's how much you get paid per hour versus something in that job description that paints a picture of where the company is going, the mission that you're on, why you do what you do, and how you're looking for someone who's going to be passionate about those things. If you're not a visionary thinker, if you're not a future thinker, if your mind's not in the future, neither will be the minds of your team members. They're going to be in the here and now. What junk do I have to check off my to-do list and whatever project management system we're using so I can collect my paycheck and keep going? And guess what happens when you do that? They're out there at the same time they're doing the task for you. They're taking a few minutes every day to look for someone else that's going to pay them more to do the tasks. But when you have a mission at hand and you are crystal clear on where you're going and you see these people that are coming into your business as people who are pivotal players in that destination, and I say destination loosely because there really is no end destination, but the next destination, right, that next vision that you're pushing towards, you're going to attract people who are compelled by that and there's less turnover, and there are more opportunities to have those deep conversations when things aren't going right, because guess what? It's business, so and you're dealing with multiple people, so things won't be going right sometimes, and you'll have that staying power. So what are some of the benefits of creating this visionary culture within your team and visionary culture within your business? Well, we believe within the Luminary Leadership Company, because we learned this the hard way, is that it's essential, it's non-negotiable, and it's primary, right? It's a culture that inspires. It's a culture that empowers our team members to contribute their very best work while aligning both with the company's mission and values, but also their own mission and values because we're able to hire based on the mission in that person's heart and the values on that person's heart aligning with ours because we're not just talking about tasks right? We're not just talking about things that have to get done and how much money they're going to make. It's deeper than that. And it provides so many benefits when you're thinking ahead. And we talked about employee or team staying around, right? But we're also talking about their engagement while they're there. This has been a huge shift within our business. So I can tell you probably six or seven years ago now. Yeah, that's right. Because it was around when I had my first baby. We were in this place where I was so fresh to bringing team on. I was just really, you know, had only been hiring contractors at that point and just trying to like get things off my plate. And that was really the approach I had to hiring. It was like, I have so much crap I'm buried under. I need someone to take it off of me so I can get the other stuff done. And it was all about, it was a do culture. It was like, what do we need to do? What do we need to check off? What do we need to get done? So I was continually hiring based on that truth. And I was it was all about the moment I was in, which often felt like being underwater and barely bobbing up for a breath every so often, like with one nostril above the water, because that's just the stage of the game that I was in. 
So when I hired, I would hire the people who kind of connected with that energy and that mindset around business of like, oh yeah, like I have those capabilities. I can do that or I can learn that. And I come in and I can do those things and the price is right. And I spent years alongside the wrong people. I'm not saying not good people. These were good people. I always worked alongside good people, but the wrong people because I, as the leader, wasn't casting this vision forward. Like I would occasionally sprinkle in like, oh yeah, we're ultimately going to do this or someday we want to do that or we're going to, we're our brand will represent this, but it wasn't connected to the now in any way. So for like a blip on the radar, they might get excited about something, but then they'd get right back into whatever the project management system was telling them to do. And that was the energy within the team. And what it ultimately did, and you might resonate with this if you have team members, it created more work for me, more stress for me, and I would be up at night thinking about all the ways I was so frustrated with my team members or I was so frustrated with how things fell through or how we weren't progressing to where I wanted to be, but I also wasn't articulating where I wanted us to be. So I was operating in a culture of do instead of operating in a culture, in a, an inspiring culture of who? Like, who do we need to be and where are we going? Because that we embodies the, the culture of the company. It's not just you, right? It's the people you serve. It's the people that you uh, work alongside. And by fostering that beautiful and inspiring culture, you live in the essence of creativity and innovation and collaboration. And visionaries, visionary cultures, they also allow for continuous learning and continuous growth and improvement and being competitive in the market. And it encourages your team members to bring their creativity and their innovation and their gifts to the table because they are excited about where you're going. And you might be three, four, five years out from getting to where you ultimately want to go, but the journey there is fun. The journey there is inspired. And the people that are with you are inspired. And when people are inspired, they do good work. They surprise you. They bring things to the table that you didn't even expect. Maybe you hired them for X, but then they bring Y and Z to the table too because they see how it can connect and how it can serve the mission. Or they're introducing you to connections or people that can also serve the business. So back when I was in that stage, I was working ungodly hours. Like I'm I'm embarrassed to admit how many hours I was working. I was working on weekends. I was working nights. I was losing sleep. I was stressed out. I was really edgy. I was uncomfortable because I was in this stage of feeling like I was totally alone in pursuing what I felt was important. And my mindset was one of a victim, right? I kept thinking, why aren't these people as excited as me? Why aren't they invested like I am? Why do I keep dealing with all this nonsense? It's like, because they're freaking showing up to collect a paycheck because I did no work as a leader to cast this vision for where we're going and why they should give a damn about any of it. So it changes the game when you shift that energy to future thinking. Now, what do you have to do to do that, well, guess what? You might be in a stage in the game of, of the game where you really are in the hustle and the grind, and that's a reality for a lot of us as entrepreneurs. I think it's unfair to even say like you get to a certain business and you're forever out of that. I'm all for operating at a pace that's appropriate for you, but I will say there are often times, depending on what you have going, seasons of growth or seasons of 
uh, really digging in and pushing a little bit harder than maybe a previous season. And that's okay, even if you've already found success because you're you're tapping into something new or you cast a new vision or you're doing something um, that's gonna challenge you or push you and that's okay. But back then I was in that 24 seven and there was no end in sight. Like I had no strategy to get us up out of that culture of grind and hustle and exhaustion and turnover and, you know, difficult conversations in the team because people weren't in the right, in their sweet spots or doing the right things or really caring much about the work we were doing. Comparing that to where we've been in the last two years is night and day. Really the last year more than ever in my entire career. Now I I've learned and have taught about casting vision years ago. That and that's what got us up out of the mess we were in like 7 8 years ago. However, there's more to the story than just casting the vision. You don't get to just come to the table to your team and once and like declare like Michael Scott on the office when he declares bankruptcy and thinks that handles all his finances because he walked in the room and says, I declare bankruptcy. You can't just come into your team once and say, I declare that this is our vision and now everybody's inspired and ready to go. It's when I say visionary culture, a culture is dictated by what happens in the day to day. So this is an everyday show up, cast vision, create the culture. And a culture is built upon the backs of the people and the values they live by. So you don't get to pay lip service to something. So the lip service might be the vision, right? Like I audibly say, or I, you know, I write out this mission statement and this vision statement for my team members. And now it's, it's in existence, but a culture is created by how you embody what you just said. What are you doing every day to show evidence that that's actually what you're pushing towards, what you're living towards? So there was this window of time between like, we'll say seven years ago to to the last year or so where I was really learning that the hard way. It was like, I keep saying this is the vision. Like people have told me the vision's important. Why isn't the culture changing? Well, because I wasn't changing. I was saying the thing, but still operating in this small-minded, whatever's under my nose mentality. And my team and, and people that I was working alongside were mirroring that. So I slowly started to recognize, wait a minute, a culture only shifts when the leader shifts and lives that culture every day. So I had to decide who do I want us to be? Not what do I need us to do? Because that's, yeah, that's important. Stuff has to get done. But who do we need to be? And I started realizing, man, there are some ways that we're operating within our company that are not congruent with who I say we need to be. So for example, I would say, you know, we are a business of integrity. And we live with integrity. And that's a big piece of what's going to get us to our vision. But then if you looked in the day-to-day, integrity is saying what you're going to do. Like saying what you're going to do and then doing it, right? It's staying in integrity with that truth. There were things and commitments that I was saying I was making, but I wasn't living up to them. So I was living out of congruence with that integrity. Or I'd say we are a company of uh, communication. Like we communicate openly. We work together well as a team. but I would sit there stewing on something somebody did 
because I really didn't want to have that tough conversation. And I would let it, I would just kind of keep sweeping it under the rug and hope it would get better. And I kept convincing myself like, oh, they'll figure it out. Like they'll know that that wasn't the right way to operate or they'll know that the way they talked to that client wasn't appropriate. Like I don't have to correct them. They're an adult. And I kept letting that kind of fester instead of embodying who we needed to be to get to this vision we said we were working towards. So there were so many things that were out of alignment, out of congruence. And I started to finally understand it's about the who. Who do I need to be first as the leader? And how do I need to show up to my team in that way so that I can model it for them? And I can speak openly and honestly of my expectations for them if they're going to be within this culture and start to safeguard the culture I was building. There were times where we had people in the business, one time in particular in this span of seven years, where we had someone who was incredibly gifted at their work. And I liked them very much personally. So those two things should mean like, oh, that's a great team member. But they weren't embodying the values that I knew would support this culture. Because one of the main things I wanted within this visionary culture was this value of teamwork, like where everybody just kind of pitches in. We're a small business. We don't get the luxury of saying like, oh, that's not in my job description. If you're going to work at the Luminary Leadership Company, you're going to be invested in the mission and the vision, and I'm going to do the hard work to make sure I cast it and make it abundantly clear. But we're going to wear a lot of hats and we're going to be team players because we care about the mission, kind of like in a family. Like sometimes my kids, like they'll have different chores. And one day one of my kids was down and out sick. So we asked my other child, hey, can you pick up the slack on that? And their response was, but that's not my chore. And it's like, hold up. We've got a mission as a family. We are here as a team. We don't say like, that's not my chore. We help somebody when they need help because it's all for the greater good. It's all for the long-term mission of how this family is going to operate. And it was the same. We wanted that mirrored in our team. So We had this situation where we had this wonderful team member who was very kind, very sweet as a human, did incredible work. Like still, we have yet to replace the level of quality on this particular task or, you know, focus that this person had within the business. But twice, twice on a team call, which shame on me that it happened twice because I should have addressed it at one. That's how much you have to protect the culture you are creating. But twice on a team call, someone shared that they needed support from that person to get something done. And the response was some version of, yeah, that's not that's not in my job description. That's not my responsibility. And I let it happen the first time, giving them the benefit of the doubt, thinking, man, maybe they're having a bad day, right? Maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe I didn't properly articulate something that I could do better. Uh, as a leader that led them to believe that to be true, like there's got to be a reason for that. But then when we addressed the issue and it happened a second time, that's where it became abundantly clear. Like if I allow this to stay, that's me validating and accepting that I, this is a part of our culture and we allow this. And that becomes a cancer because then you've said as a leader, this is okay, now let it spread. Now let it spread. So after that second time, we had to have another very humbling, quite frankly, painful conversation because I really cared about this person. But I said, listen, my number one job as a leader of this company is to protect the culture, is to protect 
my people. And if you're choosing to operate in a way that can hurt my people and can hurt my culture, either that has to change immediately, not like in six months on a probationary period, we'll see how it goes. It has to change immediately or we have to go our separate ways. And they pushed that they believed what they said was true and that's fine. There are so many companies out there that embody that culture she was describing, but it wasn't ours. And we had to cut that cord. And that was a turning point for me. That was a turning point for me for what I'd accept and how mama bear I had to be on this culture and that visionary culture. Because I had to ask myself, is what is happening in this moment, in this really frustrating situation, is this where I want to be in five years? Is this what I want infiltrating every single one of my team members and our mindset and how we think and how we operate in five years? And if I'm willing to accept that five years from now, then fine, we can keep going at this pace and and with these standards. If the answer is, hell no, I never want to face this again, it's got to be nipped in the bud right away. So that was a very difficult thing as a leader to make that decision, but it tipped the scales for me. Because I knew never again was I going to accept that. I had to protect the vision of where we were going and the way we were going to get to that vision was the culture that we were going to be living in as we got there, in the journey there. So I'm going to keep sharing kind of our story and kind of that evolution because to me that's the best way I can speak to what is the big differentiator of this concept and why I think it's so critical and how it can really serve you. Um, But it starts with that clear and compelling vision for the future. And then the over-communication of that vision and the standards that are expected to be met in order to get there, right? So you have to over-communicate that vision to your team continually and the expectations and what's going to be required to get there But here's a key piece that a lot of leaders miss. They miss the idea that they then have to show, clearly show how each team member fits into that vision, how they are a key player in making that mission and vision come to life. Because here's why this is so important. When you say, hey, this is where we're going. It's going to be amazing. These are the the metrics we're going to meet. This is the impact we're going to make in the world. This is why this is so incredible. This is what your life might look like when we get there and how it's going to change your family's life because we'll have access to all these resources, all these things. So there's the vision, right? Then we talk about the standards and we expect you in order to get there, like this is, these are the values we have to embody. You know, we can't lean into our victim mindset. We can't treat people this way. We have to work as a team, like whatever your standards are. And we forget the key piece of, and this is how we see you as an instrumental piece of this vision coming to life. That part is so commonly left out of the equation. And because that's left out of the equation, there's a disconnect for the people within your team. Now, if you rewind about three, four years, I understood a lot of these concepts, but I was still missing that part. I was still missing the part where I validated the gifts and the talents and the heart of the people that were coming along for this journey 
And therefore, there still was a piece of them that wasn't fully connected. There still was a piece of them that had wandering eyes, right? Like when you date someone in high school or college, but they still kind of like seeing what else is out there, like just paying attention. I don't want people paying attention to what else is out there. I want to do a good enough job as a leader that in casting the vision, in setting the standard, and in reminding them why they're so important to us, that they don't even think to look elsewhere. Like they're not even interested because they're in it with us and their heart is in it with us. And that changes everything. And that shift came a few years back for us. And as a result, we have the most tight-knit, connected, inspired, invested team I have ever worked alongside in my life. I am so proud, so proud to share who makes up our visionary company culture because it's about the who. It's not about what we do. It's about the who. In fact, we've hired people lately who didn't have the do on their resume. They didn't have the skill sets. They had the heart. They were invested in the vision and the mission. They understood it. And we could train them up in the do. But it was about the who. And now we have a level of momentum like I've never felt before. And I have to tell you, there is nothing more exciting and more awesome as an entrepreneur and a business owner than to feel natural momentum, not like a grind, scrape, got to manufacture this and make it happen, but like, oh my gosh, the wind is at our backs. We have inertia, like this is fun again. We have joy in it. Yeah, we're freaking exhausted. Like our whole team is made up of parents, people with young kids. Like we're sleepless. We're so tired. We're working weird hours. We got a kid sick on one day. So someone's tapping in to cover, you know, that person's um, list of things that they're working on. But that's okay because we are so in it and we're so heart led that it makes, it like creates an ease to our lives, even though the stuff we're doing is hard. Does that make sense? Like we're doing really hard things right now. We're, we're, we're breaking molds that we haven't yet broken through yet. That's painful. We're being stretched, but we're all really joyous about it. We're all really excited about it. We're all really invested in it. We're all like buzzing around it. You know, we have a strong, uh, I don't call it work-life balance, but part of our culture is that family comes first. So each of our team members knows that we have a big mission and vision in business and it's we're carrying out something really huge but we also respect one another and hold each other accountable to the fact but our families come first so it's very uncommon for us to you know we never promote like work at night or work on the weekends or any like we really try to hold each other accountable to that and to embody that. But what we've found is we're geeking out so much on the stuff we're doing. We're so excited about this vision of where we're going that like it's not uncommon to get a text at 8, 8.30 at night after the kids go down about something like we're really excited about from one of my team members. They don't have to be doing that. They're just that fired up. And that's because of the culture, the visionary company culture that we have. And goals are easier to be set and met when you have this kind of momentum. So when you think about it, that visionary company culture is characterized by a strong sense of purpose and meaning 
because we've given these team members, like there is, we haven't made it up. Like there is deep purpose in the work that they're doing. And even if you boil it down to the what, right? Like the do, what are they doing? They might be literally like responding to an email, right? Or loading something into our CRM to send out to our client base or planning an event or, you know, stripping data from something to bring it to a meeting for our scorecard so we can look at our metrics. But there's purpose in it. They know why they're doing it. They know who they are as they're doing it. They know how they're going to show up for what they're doing. And it's so powerful. And it allows us to serve our people at a higher level too. And it's not all me. That was the one thing that I really, really felt passionate about when we shifted from my personal brand where I was doing marketing and business strategy with my clients for years to the Luminary Leadership Company. Was like, I was like, I don't want this to be about me. I want this to be about us. I want this to be about a mission and a vision that's bigger than me. One that someone else could run with if I fell off the face of the earth or got hit by a bus because that mission felt so strong and so important that I didn't, it couldn't all be on my back. And I don't feel like it is anymore because we have people that are invested and their heart is in it and they know where where we're going as a company and they know where my heart is as a leader and they want to support all of it. And I want to support them. And the cool thing, what I've found is when we have personal discussions about their goals or their vision, it includes the Luminary Leadership Company. And that is something new for me. It's not like a some, their goals and vision are just totally separate from the work they're doing. They're that invested that they see themselves as a pivotal piece of this vision and mission, and it's something they are inspired by. So... When you think about your business, no matter what your setup is, right? It might be you, you and your spouse or your bestie. It might be you with a couple of contracted team members. It might be you with an actual, you know, employees and team. No matter what it's across the board, it doesn't matter. It is an incredible opportunity. You want success You want longevity, you want staying power, you want more income, you want more opportunity, you want more freedom. It's going to come and be birthed from this. This culture starts with you. How do you operate as a leader? How do you think as a leader? What do you bring to the table? Do you know where you're going? So what are some of the challenges you might face as a leader in doing this work? The first is, I know you're spread thin. I get it. I have four kids. We run two growing businesses. We have team members. We make a lot of our own food. We have our farm property. Like we've got a lot of plates spinning, but you still need to find time. This is not a luxury. This is a necessity. You need to find time and space to think, to contemplate. You need margin as a leader to know what is that vision? What is that mission? right? You need margin and space to get inspired yourself. Lead from that inspired place. Don't lead from a place of desperation of we've got to hit these numbers. We've got to do this. That's not inspiring. Not for you or the people that you're, you're leading. So how can you find that time? That's going to be one of the challenges you face is having the capacity because there is a lot of do. <laughs> I'm not, you know, after I record these podcasts, which by the way, are due, right? Like this is something in my project management system that I am getting done this week. 
So I get it. Like there are things that have to be done. But knowing how they built those things build on each other to propel you towards a greater vision is what's so important. I have no problem sitting down and doing something like this, even if I'm tired. It even energizes me because I connect it. There's a through line from this moment and this task to the vision. So it's like, heck yeah, I want to do that because that's taking us closer to where we really want to be. So another challenge you might face is getting everybody on board with that vision. Now, remember, you, you're leading them. You have to have the confidence and the courage to be able to say sometimes, no, this, this is the vision. But I really like input from my team. When you have the right team, you want input. I've had the wrong team and asked for input. It slowed us down. It held us back because I was allowing the wrong people to insert their opinions on what this vision might be. Now, with the people that I work alongside, I want to know, what's your heart in this? What excites you? Where do you see us going? And we, we weave that. It's like a tapestry that we weave in to where we're going as a company. And as a leader, it's your responsibility to effectively and continuously, almost to a point where you feel like a broken record, communicate your vision to your team and make sure that everyone's aligned. And it's not something you do once. So you involve your team in the process of creating the vision, and that helps them realize that they are purposeful and a big piece of it, and it helps them to feel invested in it and be more likely to support it. But it's still your role to continuously articulate it. We had a situation the other day where it was like we were working through some really tough challenges in the business and someone made a comment about you know maybe we should can this or like this is this isn't working or whatever and we had to remind them and all of us did because we all are invested in this mission we all remember our standards hey we can do this and this is how we're going to get there this is how we're going to break through it and it was like a light bulb went off for them like they remember they were brought back to the importance of that that vision Another challenge you might face, because I always want you to be equipped with what you might run into, not so you fear it, but so that you're prepped for it, is creating this culture that is conducive to creativity and innovation. You want to have an environment where people feel free to express their ideas without fear of judgment or that they can fail forward, right? That they they can try something new knowing that it might not work. You don't put a ton of pressure on Everything that you do has to be a grand slam and it has to be completely figured out ahead of time. So you want to have this culture be inviting to your people to be like, yeah, try that. Let's see how it goes. If it doesn't work, that's okay. We'll try something else. It'll give us the data we need to make a tweak, make a change and keep going from there. So you kind of have to celebrate those failures. You have to leave space for those failures. You have to remind people when they fail and they feel bad about it. You lift their head up and you say, hey, this gave us some information. That's that's a good Good loss because it gave us data. It gave us uh, feedback that we can now use in the next thing we're doing. And really remember that failure is okay. It's a part of the process. Mistakes are welcome. You don't aim for failure or mistake, but you know that they're going to come and you celebrate them because that meant your people had the courage to try. So you want to create that culture that really uh, supports the innovation and creativity because innovation is directly connected to failure all the time. That's why so few people innovate is because they're afraid to fail. So be a company that's willing to fail. 
And another big challenge you might face is in terms of maintaining this visionary culture is as your team grows, right? When your team evolves and gets bigger, it becomes more and more difficult to maintain that same level of closeness and camaraderie and connection. So when you're seeking to overcome this challenge, it's up to you to one, hire people who right from the get-go align with your company values and your vision, and it's ingrained in everything you do. So when you onboard them, they're getting like daily doses of who you are, where you're going, why they're a pivotal role in it over and over and over. And that ensures that as your company grows, you're all working towards the same goal. And you still find ways to deeply personally connect with your people. For the most part, people that tune into the show aren't Fortune 500 you know, CEOs. These are people running small businesses from a couple employees upwards of, you know, maybe 30, you still have capacity to connect with these people, to know their lives, to know, to remind them why they're important to you, why you're investing in them so they know why they're investing you in you. And and that's a key piece of it too. You're going to face so many more challenges than just that because the reality is, is when you're truly connected to a vision that matters, like something that's going to make an impact, the devil will be like right on your heels, right? Like you're going to meet the enemy at every big potential breakthrough. It's going to be hard. You're going to face challenges. So when you're rooted in in where you're going, you can over- overcome those stressors and those struggles. If you don't know why you do what you do and you don't know where you're going and you walk through a season of slog and suffering because just point blank, they happen, like clients are leaving or your marketing is failing or you lose money on a deal or people quit or whatever. Like it sucks. It's physically, it's it's mentally agonizing, sometimes physically agonizing if you hold stress in your body like I do. And it's defeating. If I didn't have my eyes set on where we were going in the future and I was just in the right now of all that misery, it's like, why am I doing what I'm doing? I just want to quit. <laughs> this isn't worth it. So if I could feel like that as a leader, how do you think your team feels? They're like, I don't want to go through this. This isn't even my business. Like, I don't even know where the heck we're going. And the day-to-day sucks. I'm out. So remembering that the tough times will come, but the vision is what's going to get you through it together. The vision is what's going to get you through it together. So that visionary company culture is so powerful. And here's what I can tell you. This has been probably the most common struggle of a lot of the leaders and entrepreneurs that I've been mentoring over the last two years is how do I get team to be invested? How do I, because listen, when you, this is like directly affecting the bottom line. When you have team that's invested, like truly invested, empowered, excited, running, it can completely change the trajectory of your business, meaning money in the bank. This can completely change the potential for growth within your business and your life. This isn't just about like, it feels good as we do the work. This is like our profit is doubling, tripling, quadrupling because we've duplicated ourselves within our team and now our team's all in and they're running too. So because this has been the battle of our people. <laughs> we have pulled together our team, each of us very much in our sweet spots, and we've created a program that 
gives you the resources that you need for onboarding and hiring so that when you do it, you're doing it in a visionary company culture way. Uh, The resources to know your people and what are their sweet spots? What are their gifts? What are their personalities? How do I inspire them? Because everyone's inspired differently or motivated differently. How do I help them get into momentum themselves so that it breeds momentum in the business? And then most importantly, like leadership. Leadership. You. This is a leadership issue. This is not just a strategy issue. There are strategies necessary to support the leader. But if you don't focus on the who before the do, this is going to be your pattern for the next 40 years of business, assuming you don't go out of business in the next year. Okay. This is a critical piece of the puzzle is who do you need to be to be the type of leader that attracts the right people that get inspired by the mission because you've done what you need to do and who you need to become. And then finally, the systems, the fit, the systems to support the back end so that everything flows beautifully. So if this sounds like something like, oh, this is exactly what I'm running into. This is the exact frustration that I'm facing and it's a pattern and I keep facing it. Or I want to equip myself because I'm getting to that point where I am going to start outsourcing or I am going to start hiring. Go to luminaryleadershipco.com forward slash team, luminaryleadershipco dot com forward slash team. And we have uh, an incredible, very high touch program that supports you. And it is revolutionizing our clients' businesses for the long haul. I'm talking like within this short window of time, the momentum, the fire, the um, confidence of the leader, and then the confidence of the pack, and then the actual revenue generating systems and exercises and leadership that changed the game from a profit perspective. So luminaryleadershipco.com forward slash team, and we can uh, schedule a call to chat about what that looks like. But if you're someone that is just breaking into this or you're ready to make this change, go back through this episode, take some notes if you didn't already, go to the show notes and make sure you pull out those key pieces because yes, you're going to face challenges, but yes, this is so possible for you. This can change the game and it can feel good on the way there. A visionary company culture, how do you create it? Everything we outlined today, you can apply these things immediately. These That's like the cool thing about this kind of stuff is it's not like, okay, cool. That's for like 2025. You know, like someday down the road, I'll uh, that's like I'll put that on on the future list of things that we'll do. No, it's not about that. It's something you can implement today and see change tomorrow. So, thank you for tuning into this particular episode because I think it's a really important one. You are capable. You are born to lead. You're not born to just be a stressed out, maxed out entrepreneur in the grind in perpetuity. There is another level for you. And you may as well take some incredible people along for the ride and get there a lot faster. I hope today's episode gave you what you needed. If it spoke to you, please leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next powerful episode. And I know it's so cliche to ask for a review. It always feels weird asking for one. But you guys, that makes a huge impact on the show. We read every one of them. And it helps us get incredible guests to serve you. Don't be shy. I love connecting with our listeners. You can follow along on Instagram when I'm on there, at Eliz Hartke. And if there's a topic or a question or guest you have for us, reach out, share your thoughts. You can connect at marketing at luminaryleadershipco.com. 
And we do this for you. So the more you tell us, the more we can serve you. Thanks for spending some time with me. I really do appreciate you. Tune in next week to keep building your legacy and becoming the confident visionary leader you are meant to be.